Forward Show. I am your host, Keith Cork. I am joined, as always, by my good buddy and co-host here, Ms. Storr, Trey Hill. And we are excited here to have William, who is the host of the Sports Ethos uh, All-Rookie Podcast. Uh, William, man, how are you? Tell us a little bit about what you do for Sports Ethos and where we can find you and all that. Um, great. I appreciate you guys having me on Sports Ethos Bulls. You know, I've been watching your movements throughout the years, and you guys are doing a great job killing it. Proud to be finally on the show. Uh, I host the All Rookie Podcast, so this time of the year is the perfect time to have me on. Uh, <laughs> draft time's coming up, so I follow the rookies coming into the draft, and I follow them throughout the season as well, because after the draft, you know, these names are talked about so much, but then once the draft starts and the season starts, 90% of the guys you don't hear about. So I stick with mm-hmm. them all year. So, yep, that's about it. Yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, um, I know, Trey, we've talked about before, man. You know, we, we know the names out there. We can obviously read all these fluff pieces uh, that, you know, different places have fan-sided and, and, you know, any kind of bulls outlet you can talk, you can imagine out there. But we don't really know these dudes because we don't really watch them. So, you know, William's going to help us out with that a little bit. Uh, we were happy to have some guys on last time, too, that uh, knew a little bit more than we did. But uh, I'm excited, man. But, hey, before we get started, listeners, I want to tell, tell you all to take a moment to go follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. It's the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides some more analysis, too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Go follow it now. Uh, Trey. I'm going to let you start, man. I know you are uh, all in and very high on, I, I believe his name is pronounced Tari Eason. Uh, I've done a little bit more research since you talked about him. Uh, but, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you want him on the Bulls? Whenever I watch, uh, you look, he's got a ridiculous steal rate and block rate. His, I really like his defensive instincts. I think he, when you watch the NBA Finals this year, it was the two best defenses. And a lot of what the Warriors were able to do so well, and Draymond Green, you know, he's like the quarterback of it. But that even it's not even rotating, but pre-rotating. And I just I feel like Easton's instincts on the defensive end are so good that if you put him in the right environment, and I think playing beside Lonzo Caruso, you know, I I think pl- that's the right kind of environment to to foster that competitive nature. So I think he would be a great fit on the defensive end. And I just – I think he's an athlete on the offensive end. And, you know, he's a big body. I, I like what he could bring. A, he, he can't really shoot. I don't necessarily like his shot. But he's an athlete. And I think, you know, I, given we're at the 18th pick, if you can get someone who I think can play, you know, playoff-level defense mm-hmm. for, you know, maybe eight years, I think that's a quality pick. Yeah, watching these Warriors and Celtics, man, I want some defense on my team, man. I'm so sick of watching these guys be some Ole defense. But, uh, William, man, so the 18th pick, is Tar Eason even going to be there for us? I have Tar Eason mocked to go 12th, you know, so that tells you that I think highly of him. But there is scenarios where he gets slipped to 18, and, I mean, I think that would be a steal for you guys. Uh, I, you got a steal last year in A.O. DeSumo. You know, yeah. I had him ranked around 24th, and you got him about 45th. So you guys clearly know what you're doing. Uh, but, yeah, I think you probably need a power forward as your biggest need. Would you agree with that? Yeah, we definitely need um, – so I think as far as the Bulls' needs go, we definitely need some big bodies. I've said we need some shooting also, which we'll get into a little bit later in the yeah. show. Um, but I think big bodies are probably the biggest need for us. So, yeah, power forward, I would say. I mean, if I had to pick a position, 
I'd I'd have to say center. Like if I could pick, if I could get like Duran, like if for some reason the Bulls were, he slid to maybe thirteen and the Bulls were able to trade up. Mm-hmm. Um, if I I think Patrick Williams is our four of the future, and so if I had to pick one position where I I could you know upgrade it as much as I love Vooch, it would be the center position. When we're talking about Tari Eason, uh, William, do you have any kind of like player comps for us here? Like who's he most comparable to that's in the NBA already? You know, I am doing my player comps like crazy right now, but I do not have a person that comes to mind with Tari mm-hmm. Eason, but the talent is clearly there. I mean, playing 24 minutes off the bench in college, scoring 17 points per game. Yeah. I mean, the, his potential is through the roof, um, but no player comp on him yet. <laughs> OK, no worries. Yeah, no, um, I, I think, you know, it'd be fantastic if we got this guy, too. I would love to get this guy. I think, he, like you said, William, it'd be a steal for us. Um, you know, Trey's kind of helped me see the light here. I, I've been looking at some of these dudes and trying to watch our highlight reels. And uh, he sent me Tara East and stuff. And I was like, all right, if we can get this guy, I think that's going to be a good gift for us. But right. let's say he does go earlier. And, uh, you know, Trey, you mentioned it. Uh, and this is a question I kind of have for both of you guys. I'll start with you, Trey. And I think I've asked you maybe this before, but, you know, now that we're a little bit closer, uh, just a few days out, do the Bulls have a possibility here to trade up into maybe the late lottery to get somebody like a Jimmy Sohan or a, uh, you know, uh, Tar Eason? I mean, can we package Kobe White, uh, you know, with that number 18 pick and maybe move up? We've got the Charlotte Hornets there. We've got the Knicks there, Thunder, Cavs. Uh, those guys are all in that kind of range where we can get one of those dudes. So, um, you know, Trey, what do you think, man? Is that any of those teams going to be willing to take that package? I mean, if a team is looking to trade back, I think we've seen with this Christian Wood pick, the value of the 26th pick was a guy who was, what, like a 17 and 10, I think, last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if that's the value of the 26th pick, if you have the 18th pick and Kobe White or the 18th pick and Vooch, <clears throat> not even really Vooch, but the 18th pick and White, I feel like that's a good enough package to to move up significantly if a team is looking to trade down. But th- that's the real thing is, is a team looking to trade down because everyone thinks they're a draft expert, I feel like. So everyone thinks they're going to be able to pick their guy and they're going to work out. And in a, a draft like this, I feel like there's a lot of talent in that lot, you know, that late lottery range. Yeah. I mean, I've heard, um, you know, let me ask you just a general question, William, uh, before you get into the uh, question I just asked there, but I've heard this, this draft isn't as, I guess, deep, I would say uh, I've heard that kind of thrown out there. I mean, what do you think about it as far as like terms of like depth of this draft? I actually do think this draft is pretty deep. I don't think it's as talented as it was last year because Mm -hmm. those top guys are all-star guys. This draft is more, you're going to have, everyone in the first round should be a contributor pretty much. I mean, I think it's going to be very solid. And you'll hear a lot of people saying like pick 15 to 18 through pick 35 to 40. The talent is not that big of a gap in there. Okay, cool. So um, so do you think that the Bulls have a chance to trade up here to get maybe one of those guys that we're really targeting? You know, I, you know, I'm an outsider, so I don't know if you guys like Kobe <laughs> White more than I do, but no, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be enough to move up from 18 to significantly, like 10, 12, like maybe 15, the Hornets, you know, they could use mm-hmm. a backup point guard and they don't really don't need that second pick urgently. You know, they drafted three guys last year and didn't play them. So maybe you can get up to 15, but I don't know if anyone's looking to move back. Like I heard Cleveland's uh, looking to move back, though. 
Okay. And they arrived. Where, where's Cleveland at? I don't remember off the top of my head. 14. 14. Yeah. So they're right there where one of those guys could be available. I think that's something where you kind of watch. You, you have the conversation open and you watch the draft. You see who goes. And if, you're and guy, if, they, guy wants if they are moving sex, moving away from Sexton, they might but, have a need for a guy who could score. But just like William said, I mean, you know, this is a Bulls podcast, but we're not. I mean, we're homers, obviously, Trey, but we're not so far homers that we think that, you know, Kobe White is the bee's knees. I mean, this dude, I mean, I'm looking at like the Knicks. No, but I I think moving up, I think moving up four spots, that's about that's not I don't I don't think that's us being homers looking to move up three or four spots and using him as the as the trade bait. The problem is that with all the shortcomings Kobe White has that we know about, the entire league knows about them, too. He right. just doesn't have the ball security, um, just not really a point guard and not really a primary playmaker. But, um, you know, if you're looking for a backup point guard, I, I think, you know, he's not bad. I mean, he, he can definitely be a microwave off your bench and score some points for you. So if someone's sure. looking for that, it's possible. So, um, all right. But I do have tons of other guys here, and I want to get to him, obviously. Um the biggest guy that I hear all the time, William, and I'm going to ask you about him, uh, Mr. E.J. Lydell is the guy that, you know, I see most times in mock drafts and in Bulls uh, propaganda that I'm seeing us picking. So how do you feel about that pick at 18 for the Bulls? Well, I'm probably a contrarian on E.J. Lydell. Um, I have him in the 30s. You know, I don't mm. I don't think too highly of him. I think if it, if it worked for anybody, though, it could be the Bulls. But his talent is there. The skill was there for college. But to be six seven, and he's pretty much a big power forward or center, I don't see how that's going to translate. Because six seven, you're going to have to guard small forwards, possibly shooting guards. I mean, Draymond is kind of an outlier. You know, <laughs> it's not everyone's going to be Draymond, and a lot of people are comparing guys like this yeah. to Draymond. He was very talented in college, but I would not be confident in taking a high selection on him. And I believe this was uh, his his teammate, but I've also seen out there that uh, I think his Malachi Branham was his teammate, and he, maybe he's a higher upside play. Is that a guy you have mocked higher than EJ Liddell? Oh yeah, I love Malachi Branham. He's my sixth ranked player. You know, I, I have wow. him probably going around tenth or eleventh to the Knicks or the Wizards. Uh, his okay. his potential is through the roof. Yeah, I just compared him to a young Ray Allen. Okay. Wow. All right. I like that. Um, what about you, uh, uh, Trey? Are you, you know, high on EJ Liddell? Have you been seeing the same things I have or linked to him a lot? What I've liked when I, what I've seen and read about him is he went back to college to improve on the things he knew he was going to need to do at the next level. So to me, given the players, the bulls have drafting someone who's going to come in and be happy with their role and, is going to be coachable, is going to be someone who can learn the things. I think there there is value in having a guy who, who can do that, but if that's who the Bulls end up with, I I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't I was I, I would be disappointed if that's who we get. Yeah. Uh, especially at eighteen. You know, I love what AK can do draft wise. If they trade back into the early 20s and maybe get another second round pick and then get him it wouldn't be so bad but right i just feel like being at 18 i i I need something a little bit more i feel like this is the pick um sorry william didn't mean cut you off but i think this is the pick that if you know we're talking about the old regime uh with gar packs this is the guy they go with because he's such a safe guy i said that in the last episode too what were you gonna say william i was gonna say you know he's if he was 610 instead of 67 fine do it you know but it's just a risk for me yeah, for sure. Um, what about the Bryce Mc- would be drafting Patrick Baldwin? Oh, Patrick, yeah, I do if have it was him the old too. regime. 
<laughs> oh, okay. So you're not high on Patrick Baldwin. I got him here as kind of an outside guy. I, I'm not too excited about him, but I do have him kind of here on my radar. You're, you're not very high on him, huh? I heard on, uh, I think it was Upside Swings. I'm not high on him as a point guard, but if you you can sell me on the idea that five years from now, he's like a Kevin Looney, super small ball five type. I you can sell me on that and I think he could be interesting but no I'm I'm pretty far out on guys who rate as the worst athletes in the draft. Are you out on Patrick Baldwin too, William? I actually like Patrick Baldwin. Um my latest mock I have him going 19th to Minnesota, so that's in your range. Um you know, and I'm basing it off of the positive things I've seen from him and I think a NBA coach can take that to another level. You know, in college, he played for his dad. <laughs> he didn't progress right. any. If anything, he regressed. The talent is there. The size is there. The form is there. I think he can be molded into something really good. And, you know, he's a high risk, high reward. But around pick 18 to 25, I think is worth the risk. Cool. Um, so that's a guy we should Bob, probably be uh, keeping our tabs on here. Uh, what about Bryce McGowan's here? I see him as maybe a kind of a Kobe White replacement. Um, are you high on him? Love, love, love Bryce McGowan's. Um, I have him mocked to the Nuggets at 21. Yeah, um, you know, 6'6 guard out of Nebraska. He kind of reminds me of a taller DeJounte Murray, but I think he he won't play point guard, obviously, but their games are kind of similar. I think whoever gets him is going to be a steal. Um, Let me tell you you who I have being mocked to the Bulls. Yeah, let me see. Let me hear. Okay. <laughs> well, this was around the time when I was hearing Zach Levine was potentially leaving. Is right. it confirmed that he's staying, or is it still up in the air? So the latest from uh, from Jake Fisher here. Uh, so I'm glad you brought that up because that is kind of late, one of the latest rumors here. But the latest is that Zach Levine is going to stay put. Uh, it comes from Jake Fisher, not necessarily the I would say the most uh, you know lock solid uh, guy to get your rumors from, but. Uh, I, I think a lot of the things point to that, and Mr. Trey and I were pretty much on top of that also because you know it comes down to the Bulls can offer uh, Zach Levine an extra 50, 60 million over the, any other team. Uh, that's you know a good chunk of change. I don't see him walking away from that. Uh, but even on top of that, all the rumors that said he wanted to move on also mentioned that he wanted to be the number one option, which really any of the places that he was linked to, that wasn't going to be the case. I think the only place he was linked to was the, was the, uh, I can't remember, maybe the Spurs he was linked to where he would have been like the number one option. But, uh, but anyways, yeah, so I, we have the, a pretty good confidence that he's going to stick with the Bulls. Yeah. Cause see, I had Jaden Hardy being mocked to you guys. It's kind of like a Zach Levine replacement. I'm really high on Hardy. It seems like nobody else is, but I like that one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the last pod it was I was a Hardy guy and the other guy was a, a Patrick Baldwin guy. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm just even more firm in my Hardy over Baldwin here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love Hardy. I, I mean, he's probably a top ten talent in this draft, and you know a lot of people are being real nitpicky on him right now and and trying to knock him down, but he's gonna come in and surprise a lot of people, uh, which shouldn't be a surprise. Everyone knows the talent. They said if he wouldn't have played. Like Shaden Sharp, he would have been a top 10 pick. So it mm-hmm. sucks how guys are getting penalized for playing and guys that didn't play are getting rewarded. It's so tough, man, because, you know, we can project, try to project these things all day, but you really never know until they suit up and get on that floor, man. And like right. you said, you know, you have guys going in maybe the, you know, 
15 to 25 range here that could end up being uh, better than the guys going in the, you know, 10 to 15 range or whatever. So uh, it, it's real tough. There's no there's no crystal ball here. We don't know. Uh, I think the Bulls are in a good spot, though, from what I'm hearing here, because you, like you said, you know, William, you said it was you know kind of a, a deep draft in that that range where we have our pick right here. There's some real talent there. So uh, I do like that, obviously. A um, couple more guys I have here. Uh, first of them is Ty Ty Washington. I mentioned him in the last pod. You know, I think if the Bulls are really, really ready to move on from Kobe White, uh, I kind of like this kid as a replacement here. Where do you got him on your mind? I have him. The Rockets just traded for the 26th pick. I have him going there. Um, mm-hmm. I like him. He's a solid point guard. He kind of reminds me of D'Angelo Russell a little bit. Um, I don't – yeah, I don't – I had to move him to 26. I had him at 17. Move him to 26 because I don't think he's ready to start yet. So – you know, if he can go to a team via backup and maybe get some years under his belt, he might be ready to start then. So that's why I had him going 26. But I still had him 17 to the Rockets, now 26 to the Rockets. So, but um, <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for a backup point, I don't know if you want to take a backup point guard at 18. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. That's a good pick. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, what do you think, uh, Trey? Obviously, we talked about Ty Ty before. Have you changed your mind on him at all, or are you still not really into that pick? Yeah, I'm still not really into that one. I do love the fit in Houston, so good job on that one, William. But I, for Chicago, especially at 18 now, I'm just that's not for me. I th- I feel like the Bulls they have enough guards between Lonzo, Io, Caruso, right. even if Kobe goes elsewhere. Uh, last guy I have here that I want to ask you about, William, is Mr. Blake Wesley. And uh, this is kind of like a high ceiling type play. If you're in that 18 range, from my understanding, that's kind of what you want to go for here. Um, is this a guy that you think is going to you know, play out? Is he a high risk, high reward guy? Am I right in thinking that? You know, when I was evaluating all these players, he was one of the guys. It was like one or two guys. I was like, I don't know what to do with this guy. <laughs> right. You know, his tape is very interesting. You know, he has the talent. He's unorthodox, but from all accounts, he's a hard worker. And, you know, he kind of came out of nowhere. He wasn't really projected to be a one-and-done guy. So I think his ceiling is definitely through the roof. I'm not sure if he's going to be a one or a two. Like, he's kind of an enigma to me, you know. So with the unknowns, he should be in that 20 to 30 range. But right now I got him at 30. Mm. So I I just don't know. I just don't know (laughs) where he should go, what position he's going to play. But – He's he's definitely a talented guy. Well, I th- I'm sure all these guys, man, they're going to do well on whatever teams they go to. Well, some of them will, some of them won't. But uh, right. hopefully we, hopefully in fantasy we get all the good guys. But, folks, just speaking of fantasy, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And we are pre-draft right now, just a few days out here. Um, here it is. At Sports, here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysts are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep. And we'll have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, cook yourself one extra lunch per month because it's only $5.99. So we'll see you there. And uh, William, obviously, a big uh, big key in, in helping us evaluate these rookies. So uh, he knows his stuff. So it's really a good deal for you guys out there, especially if you're really into fantasy basketball like I am. Uh, so, yeah, go out there and get it, man. Um, but, no, let's, so let's shift gears here a little bit. Uh, obviously, you know, since we last spoke, Trey, we had a big uh, trade here in the NBA and the association. It wasn't with the Bulls, but uh, it is something that we want to talk about because any trade really starts setting the you know market for uh, for value around here. And I know you already kind of brought that up with the 26th pick and what value it has there. So just to kind of re- recap what the trade was, 
it was Christian Wood uh, to the Ro- uh, Mavericks, and the Rockets are receiving Boban Marjanovic, uh, Marquise Chris, Trey Burke, Sterling Brown, and the 26th pick in this upcoming draft here. Um, so it's a 26th pick, and they have no contracts. Are gonna ex- they're they're all expiring contracts as far as I know, um, which gives them a lot of flexibility going forward. Um, Trey, you mentioned, you know, this is kind of the uh, you know the valuation of a 26th pick. I think, you know, when you're talking about Christian Wood, and I know uh, I saw William, I saw you having a little back and forth with our guy, uh, other guy at Sports Ethos, Mr. Red, uh, Red Bauer over there, uh, about, you know, the value of Christian Wood. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some question marks there, obviously, right? I mean, you've got the, you've got the uh, mood or, or whatever you want to call it, right, where, you know, he's basically quitting on his team because he doesn't like the situation he's in, which, you know, a lot of coaches, a lot of organizations don't like that kind of thing. So that kind of devalues him a little bit. But on the other side of that, um, you know, as Trey mentioned, you've got excellent numbers. I mean, this guy can put up points. This guy can board with the best of them. Uh, and when he's engaged, I think this guy can play defense, too. So, uh, Trey, let me throw it to you, man. Uh, is this something I mean, when we're looking at this from a Bulls point of view, is this something where you're looking at this trade and it helps you kind of value what we can get from for Vooch in a trade uh, if, if we end up trading that guy? Maybe to me. It more it more tells me the value of the 18th pick if we look to move it more than Fuchs, um, because I feel like if we're trading Fusevich, we're looking we're not looking for a pick, we're looking for a replacement center that just is a different play style. Yeah, and you know we we've discussed obviously that the Bulls are kind of in talks here to get Rudy Gobert, uh, just kind of light talks. I don't really think there's a lot of fire there, um, but they're talking about maybe Vooch and Patrick. Uh, uh, wow, I'm I'm totally Patrick Williams, totally spaced on my own player's name here. Patrick Williams and Vooch for Rudy Gobert, uh, and I'm actually for that. I think that'd be an, an okay trade. I like that. I've been clamoring for a more defensive-minded center on this Bulls team uh, since the beginning of last season, basically. So I'm actually for this here. Trey, I know you're not necessarily so high on that just because it's a steep asking price with Patrick Williams. What do you feel? Let me ask you about that, William. What, what do you feel about a Patrick Williams and Vooch for Rudy Gobert potential trade? To me, I mean – that's a that's a lot to give up for Gobert. So, but if you if you feel that's what's going to take your team over the top, do it. But I think that's that's kind of a lot. I mean, give me something else in return with Rudy or something, you know. But uh, yeah. I think Vucevic, his stock was a lot higher before DeRozan got there. So if anything, that's what's going to hurt you guys and make you have to give up Patrick Williams. And like thinking about what you could get for Vucevic in a trade. Yeah, that's it's going to be interesting because he didn't have his best year with DeRozan, it seemed. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a down year for Vooch. Um, up and down, I would say. Uh, yeah. I know Trey kept sending me the, the, the same graphic every like month, it seems like, where it was like a circle. And it was like, where are we on the uh, uh, on the cycle of, of Vooch fandom? I love this guy. And then I hate this guy. Like (laughs) this guy was very, very up and down, man. So um, I get that his value may not be as high as it necessarily was. Uh, Definitely not in Orlando um, and probably not before this past season. So you're probably right about that, William. But um, does this Christian Wood, let me throw this back to you also, William, does this Christian Wood trade at all inform, you know, what Vooch's value might be on market? I don't really think so, because like you said earlier, the Rockets were kind of done with him and he was kind of done with the Rockets. So I think the disgruntledness lowered his value because if he was the perfect player and they loved each other, 
uh, it's no way he should have been traded for that low of a pick. So I don't really think it should weigh in Vucevic's trade value, but unfair as it may seem, it may play a role. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, markets are being set every time these deals are made, so it's something we always have to pay attention to. Um, the Bulls, Trey, uh, as I mentioned here, I think earlier in the show, they've been linked a little bit. Again, not a lot of smoke or, or fire to this, but Mo Bamba is a name that's been brought up. Uh, he's a free agent now, and the Bulls could potentially sign him and, and you know maybe give him a one-year deal or something like that to see if he could uh, perform well in a backup role. So how do you feel about Mo Bamba as a backup center behind Vooch? If the Bulls are able to pull that off, I I like that fit. He's I don't know I I don't know how old he is, but I know he's still fairly young. Let me look. I will tell you in one second here. <laughs> he's still relatively young. Twenty four. Twenty four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's twenty four years old. He he can shoot the three a little bit, so he would still be able to offer that stretch element. And <clears throat> given how much of the Bulls offense, you know, they kind of build around that. I think it's nice to have your backup be able to offer that that also. So, like, if they could pull that off, I think it'd be nice. I'm just not sure h- how they're going to have the money. I think the only thing they have is the that exception that's like six point something million. And I, I just feel like Mo Bamba is going to be worth more than that. Yeah, I meant to look more at the cap. I'm going to see if we can get our, our Bulls capologist on here uh, again. I know we've tried to get him on during the season and, and something came up, but uh, I would love to have him on just to kind of sort through exactly what the Bulls can do in terms of flexibility here. Um, I think it's like 6.3 million exception is what you mentioned there, uh, Trey. And that's all I'm aware of as well. And I really don't think um, Bamba's going to make 6.3 million. I think he's going to probably demand a little bit more on the market. There's going to be a market for him. So uh, 24-year-old center that can shoot threes. Yeah, I think some someone's going to want him out there um but yeah I, I like bomba too i think this is a good fit uh if the bulls can pull this off and get him as their backup i know mitchell robinson's also a guy that's been discussed um i tend to if those if those are the two options i tend to uh gravitate more towards mitchell robinson just for the shot blocking uh capability but bomba can block shots too so according to bloggable last month the bulls have the 10.3 million non-taxpayer mid-level exception available in free agency that would probably be enough, I would think. Uh, William, what do you think, man? Is uh, is Bamba good as a backup center on a championship aspiring team? As a backup, definitely. You know, I was looking at a lot of these centers that are late first, second round area, and then I saw one, I believe it was Califia Diop or something, and I was like, he kind of reminds me of Mo Bamba. And then I went to go look at Mo Bamba's tape in college at Texas, and I'm like, whoa, you forget how really good Mo Bamba was in right. Texas. I mean, if he was in this draft coming out of his year in Texas, he'd probably be the number one center. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's ahead of Jalen Duran, ahead of Mark Williams. So I don't know if Orlando is the issue because a lot of centers go there and disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think if Mo Bamba is healthy, I think he would be a steal. I don't. I think he's worth more than $10 million, you know, so <laughs> – it's just about his health, really. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it was kind of crazy to me. This, so let, let me go back to 2018. This is actually the guy I wanted the Bulls to draft. He ended up going number six. Uh, Bulls had number seven pick because we had number seven for like three years in a row. It was crazy. But anyways, uh, we we went with Wendell Carter, uh, who actually is now on the Orlando Magic and uh, playing pretty well, actually. So go Wendell. I'm, I'm happy for him, man. That's a good dude, so I'm glad he's doing well. Um, but now Mo Bamba, 
I was very high in this kid, uh, you know, coming to the draft. This is the guy I wanted. Um, so, man, I, I would be pretty pumped to see him. But like I said, I think I think in my heart of hearts, Trey, uh, I think I would lean more towards Mitchell Robinson just because I think that the defense is, is a little bit better there. If we're talking about like, you know, what we see in the Celtics team uh, with you know Robert Williams playing kind of that free safety, if you put uh, Mitchell Robinson out there in that role, I think that's kind of a similar dude. Don't you agree? Yeah, he's just a better he's a better player, especially on the defensive end. So if we could get Mitchell Robinson, I'd prefer him. But to me, that that's the big spot we have to upgrade. So I think, I mean, Robinson is probably my number one choice unless we can get, a, you know, how I feel about Rudy. As long as we, if we could get him without giving up Williams, I'm all for it. But I just don't think that's going to happen, especially with Atlanta looking to jump in that sweepstakes. So. For me, Mitchell Robinson, I think he would be a good backup. Um, I saw Marco Simonovic was training with Vooch on Twitter, so that's exciting. And it's funny, like Vooch Vooch is only 6'10", and he's – Marco's definitely a legit 7-foot. What did you – how did you uh, regard Marco last year in the draft, William? Well, I saw him. I, I didn't even scout him. He wasn't in my top 75. But seeing him in the G League and the Summer League and everything, yeah. I was like, whoa, this guy is incredible. So yeah. I was looking forward to seeing him play with the Bulls because, I mean, he was lighting it up with the G League, and yeah. he just never got an opportunity. So I don't know what the issue is, if they don't trust his defense or what, because he was putting up some monster numbers. Yeah, I am um... – you know, we don't know either, honestly, William. They're kind of mum on this. I don't know why he's not getting a chance or getting a call up. He's been with the big league or the big team, uh, you know, maybe for about, I think it was like 20 games or something like that, 30 games. But he only played maybe a handful of minutes, you know, a dozen minutes or so. So uh, it's really kind of puzzling because, like you said, that G League, uh, I, I read his uh, his stats at, at the end of the season on a podcast, but it's something like 18 points and 10 rebounds, and he has like three or four assists a game too. And I was really impressed with his interior passing at the summer league, uh, as I'm sure a lot of people were. So I was expecting big things from this guy, and um, he just hasn't gotten to play yet. Uh, the only thing I've seen, Trey, uh, is that you know the Bulls don't feel like he is ready. Uh, I don't know if that means defensively. I don't know if that means foot speed. I don't know if that means fouling. I don't know what that means exactly. But have you seen anything else about why the Bulls aren't playing Marcus Simonovic? I have no clue. <laughs> so you're with me. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. But it kind of reminds me of Omer Yet Seven with the Heat. Yeah. You know, he yeah. exploded oh. in the summer league, G League, also. And it took two injuries for him to play. And when he yeah. finally got to play, he showed out. So I guess Vucevic not getting hurt uh, closed the door for Simonovic. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see this dude this next season and, uh, you know, he'll be good. And, and maybe we won't get a backup center. Then maybe we'll get something else. But who knows? Uh, but I last thing, one question. One question. Yeah. Go ahead. You didn't mention DeAndre Ayton. Are you out on him or what? He's available. Uh, no, yeah, I know, I know. And the Bulls, you know, there's been a little bit of of, of rumblings about the about us getting DeAndre Aiden. I, I mean, I would like it, obviously. Um, I just don't know, man. I, I don't know if that moves the needle enough for me. Like, if you're talking about Booch, so Booch had a, a not-so-good year, but I feel like, and I know Trey feels the same way, Booch has a very uh, unique skill set offensively for a big man at the NBA level. Um, you know, really a, 
almost a three level score. He has a little struggle, I think, in the in the post in the low post scoring. I think, uh, especially this last season. But he can definitely step out and hit a three, hit the mid range, uh, pick and pop is really great. So uh, I just don't know if DeAndre Aiden he did he is an upgrade defensively, obviously, but I just don't know offensively if he's going to bring in enough for me personally. Trey, what do you feel? I love DeAndre Aiden. I, I think people forget just how dominant he was coming out of college, especially as a prospect, and his willingness to sacrifice his kind of star power to instead fit into his role in Phoenix and become so good on defense, become the the lob threat that he is with Chris Paul, and, and you know, instead of commanding a high usage on the offensive end, you know, being that guy coming out of college, he was just so willing to, to do what was asked of him. I, I think he'd be great in Chicago, especially being around all that talent. He's already shown a clear willingness to, to play with others and play well with others. So I would be all for it. I just, I think, I just don't think the bulls are going to be able to meet the asking price, but if, if they could somehow manage to, they, they've they taken advantage of the Suns before. The, the Bulls were able to just straight up buy Luol Ding years mm-hmm. ago because the Suns didn't want to have to pay him. So, you know, maybe maybe they're happy with Vooch, Kobe White, and the 18th pick because that's just Vooch expiring, Kobe White can be expiring, <clears throat> and then they get the 18th pick out of it. Who knows? But if we could get DeAndre Ayton, I would, I would be beyond happy. Well, there you go. Um... I think it's easy to forget, yeah, how good he is just because he was kind of hidden on that Phoenix Suns team because that Suns team is so selfless. Uh, a lot of those guys, especially if you're looking at, you know, I play a lot of fantasy basketball, a lot of their numbers are deflated uh, just because they share the rocks so much. They move the ball, and there's no really one guy. There's no one dude that kills you. It's the whole team. Um, one of my favorite teams to watch. So um, I don't know, man. Maybe I have to revisit that a little bit. I, I'm still of, of the mindset that uh, it's just not enough for me, but I could be wrong. I could be way wrong here. Um, so let's talk about though. just saw, speaking of good basketball, we just saw two of the best in the league, obviously, uh, Boston Celtics and Golden State Warriors face off in the finals. Um, Trey, let me, let me throw this back to you, man. What do you have for, as far as a takeaway as like what the Bulls need to do to get to that level, uh, just from watching this finals or, or anything you have as a takeaway that the Bulls, you know, need to work on? They need to be healthy. I love... <laughs> The the defensive rotations, I I mention it all the time, but when Lonzo and Caruso were healthy, both of them were getting buzzed to be on all defensive teams. Having those crisp rotations, having the those defensive anchors and being able to to shut the water off kind of stuff, just to make teams play left handed, to make them uncomfortable and to have an aggressive defense, I think that's what you need. And I think the Bulls have the personnel for that. I'd like to, like you said, a Mitchell Robinson type. I'd like to be able to add an aggressive, an aggressive defensive center, but like that, that's where I'm at with it. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I think you, you talked about the aggressive defensive center, and you know we talked about Mitchell Robinson. I think that's like one of the key takeaways for me is that you know you're looking at the starting centers here in the finals. 
and you've got come on looney uh you know who was a uh what was he a 30th pick in 2015 you've got robert williams 27th pick in 2018 the bulls right now have the 18th pick you know this is where they could get that guy uh that could be that small smaller center and you know you were talking about like patrick baldwin or something like that uh you know maybe this is somebody that somewhere where we get someone that's an athletic kind of wing player, but we turn them more into like a shot blocker type of free safety defensive dude. Uh, even if you go to the back to the conference finals, you're going to, you know, bam out of bio 14th pick in 2017. So we're, we're right in that zone right now to get that dude. Now I feel like, um, and Robert Williams, you know, he's six, nine, you know, it, it, you can get that dude. I feel like right now at 18, is that guy out there for us, William? I mean, you know, these rookies. Well, uh, after Jalen Duran and Mark Williams, you know, it's, it's, it's a drop off, but you know you have guys like Christian Coloco who go anywhere from 20 to 40. He could fill that role. He may need a year though. So you know if you're looking for a big man through the draft, if you're not getting one of those top two, I think it may take a year, and they might not be ready to step in the Bulls willing to compete right now. Yeah, so that that might not you know work with our timeline. The other thing I took away from watching this finals Trey, is the Bulls. They still need to add three point shooting. Three point shooting is not going anywhere in the NBA. Uh, both these teams, you know, the Warriors and Celtics shot a lot of threes. The Celtics seem to rely on it through a lot of the games. Uh, and if they were hitting, then, then they were winning. If they weren't, then they, you know, they weren't. Um, so, you know, I'm looking for shooters, man. I, I got to get some more shooters on this team. I know you've, you've kind of pushed back on that with me before, Trey, because, you know, the Bulls do shoot it at a high percentage. They just don't shoot a whole lot of them. And the second thing I know you've mentioned before is Lonzo Ball was out for a good portion of the season, and he shot, what, seven, eight threes a game? So that's a lot of our three-point shooting just sitting on the sidelines right here. So do you still feel that way, Trey, that the Bulls have enough shooting, or maybe they just need to add, like, one end-of-bench shooter? I mean, you can always add more shooting, but I feel like when the Bulls were healthy, I think they were – I think when they were, were healthy, they were the best three-point shooting team percentage-wise, and they were towards the bottom of the league in attempts. So – I'd like to see the attempts go up a little bit, but as long as they can keep shooting the high percentage of them, I thought that they were effective at, I thought the Bulls were really good at driving off of closeouts um, last year. Cause they didn't, as much as I love Zach and Demar, they don't necessarily have a, they're, they're not natural playmakers. So a lot of the Bulls success, it seemed like was them breaking down a defense, kicking out to the three point line. And unless it was a wide open three pointer, the Bulls were collapsing the defense until they just found an open look they like. So for me, it's if you can add a shooter, great. But for me, it's adding a wing. I think that's the biggest thing. If it's a defensive-oriented wing, I think that's even better because I come back to the who's guarding Tatum, who's guarding Durant, who's guarding Giannis when we meet them in the playoffs. And I love Patrick Williams, but who are the other bodies that we are throwing at them that have enough size to maybe even bother them? You're right. Yeah, we did. We definitely need that, too. That's probably a bigger need for us. Um, but if we want to add three point shooting through the draft, William, who's out there around 18 that we can add? Who, who's the guys we're looking at? Well, Trey pretty much just described Oche Agbaji from Kansas. Okay. So if you could get him, I mean, that would be a perfect fit. He shot around 40 percent from three classic mm-hmm. three and D guy. He has the body to stay with Tatum because uh, you know, he's a senior. When you look at his tape, his body is like you can tell he's 22 playing against 18 year olds. He's chiseled, you know, <laughs> uh, and he's ready to play right now. You know, Christian Braun, uh, he mm-hmm. is ready. He, I believe he went to Kansas, too. Uh, and <laughs> he's a 39 percent three point shooter. 
you just don't you might would have to trade back to get him to, for it to be better value. But I really love Christian Braun as well. So there's guys out there. Marjan Beauchamp would be a good defender. He mm-hmm. would have to improve that three-point shooting. He's in your area as well, but he's very talented. So it's, there's plenty of guys if you're looking for a wing 3 and D guy. Man, it's going to be exciting. I don't know who the Bulls are going to take, but there is uh, plenty of options for these guys. The draft is Thursday. So, um, man, everybody tune in for that. I think it starts at like 630 or Central, maybe 730 Eastern, something like that. Uh, but it's Thursday night, and we're going to be tuning in and seeing how that goes, man. Um, but that's also, uh, you know, we're talking about three-point shooting and, and lack of it with the Bulls or the lack of attempts. That's one of the reasons, uh, you know, going back to that DeAndre Ayton, uh, you know, suggestion. That's one of the reasons I'm a little reticent there because, you know, if you take Luch away, who is a guy that shot quite a few threes for us and was one of the guys that stretched the floor for us, um, you know, that's not something DeAndre Ayton is going to do. So um, another reason, another reason I was a little reticent about that. But uh, anyways. That's going to do it for us, guys. That is our show. Again, we are going to have the draft here probably between now and we t- when we talk to you next. So we're going to have a new dude to break down for you, uh, and we're excited about that. But until next time, I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at @bsbpkeith. And, Trey, where can the good people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. And, William, man, where can people find you? And, uh, you know, tell us about all about your show where we can find that. Right. I'm on Twitter at WilliamIsBill. And check out the All Rookie Podcast, you know, Sports Ethos Production, talking about these rookies up until the draft and after the draft. So I appreciate you guys so much for having me on. Absolutely, man. Thank you for everything. And uh, until next time, everybody, go Bulls.